Shrine.net and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Combustible Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, buddy? You know, I generally don't like to compliment you uh, in general, uh, and then specifically <laughs> at the top of the show. But I will say that you do make it sound easy doing these intros, because over the weekend I recorded the Citizen Kane episode of the Film and Water podcast, and I had to do like four intros for that show. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Citizen came backwards and forwards, and I keep I kept making mistakes. So I appreciate how how smooth it sounds when we when we start these fire and water episodes. Only took me about 122 episodes to get it right. Hey, you got there. What do you know? <laughs> I guess I guess I can look forward to being that smooth at Film and Water episode 125. When you're covering Cannonball Run three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good film. Let's not knock that. Oh. <laughs> Well, folks, um, Rob and I had a great plan to talk about some really fun classic comics tonight, but that all went out the window thanks to uh, the CW Upfronts and CBS's recent release. This is going to be another one of our what we call live-action episodes, where we are going to talk about the DC television universe, I guess is really the best way to put it. There's a, it's dark, it's, there's a term for it. What is it? TV, DC TV or something like that? Is there? Is that the term? I, I'm not I, familiar with I, it. I don't know. We should ask the guy at the Flash podcast. He knows all this stuff. So anyway, but before we do that, folks, we are going to take a moment to say thanks to our sponsor. Folks, the Fire & Water podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off, with free shipping for orders at $50 or more. What you got, my friend? Uh, in addition to the DC stuff, we will be talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. So I decided... Oh, I forgot about that. Whoops. Yeah. I decided to do Aven- Essential Avengers Trade Paperback Volume 4, uh, which is, of course, written by Roy Thomas, and the artists are John Buscema and Neil Adams. Whoa! Can't, can't, can't beat that. Neil uh, Adams drew Avengers? Yes, he did. For, like, how long? Not that long, but he did do some issues. He did, like, whole issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The amazing thing about John Buscema on Avengers is, like, John Buscema did amazing work on Avengers, and yet he hated superheroes. And you would never know it. You would you would think someone who hated what he was drawing would kind of, like, half-ass it, but you would not know because that Avengers stuff he did was fantastic. Anyway, these are a bunch of the some of the really great Avengers storylines. Roy Thomas was, of course, the first writer on that book, post Stan Lee. So uh, this reprints Avengers 69 through 97, plus Incredible Hulk number 140. The cover's by Neil Adams. 640 pages, normal price, $19.99. In stock, trades price is $11.59, 42% off. You got all the classic event, classic Avengers here. <laughs> Some of their best storylines are going on here because this is the Kree Skrull War. I was the, thinking that would have yep, been Kree Skrull War, yep. The yep. Invaders, Squadron Supreme, all bunch of just great stuff. So you can't beat it. $11.59. Avengers, Essential Avengers, Volume 4. 
Very nice. Well, I'm doing something that's sort of uh, on topic as well. I'm doing Superman Family Adventures, trade paperback volume one and two. And this is, um, if you remember the, the, the comic Tiny Titans, which was done by um, Art Balzazar and uh, Franco. Franco. Yep. And it was a really fun comic about the Titans. Well, they did, when they finished that book, they went over and did a Superman title. And it was, again, Superman Family Adventures. So it's got Superman, Superboy, Supergirl, Crypto the Superdog, the whole Superman family is in there. And it is a hoot. And let me tell you, the most, uh, the most qualifying thing of this whole discussion is my daughter loves it. Therefore, that has got the stamp of approval. And so uh, you can get Superman Fam- Family Adventures Volume 1 and Volume 2 on in-stock trades right now. Uh, each one of them is 128 pages, so you get six issues in each one. Uh, $12.99 per trade paperback, full color. Normally goes for that. Uh, you get a 42% off, so you get $7.53. So put them together, you get for 15 bucks. 15 bucks, you can get 12 issues of a super fun comic that either you will enjoy or you can share with your children. And it's got Supergirl. So check that out, folks. And then pick yourself up that Avengers one as well. And you uh, give your kids some markers and then color that one in. So, again, our thanks to InStockTrades.com, your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions. All right. So, yes, I totally forgot about Avengers in the intro. I'm so excited about the DC stuff right now. <laughs> There's a lot so, of stuff going on, yeah. Well, why don't you, you, you take us off here, Rob? Yeah, so uh, I ended up seeing Avengers Age of Ultron three times. I was going to uh, say, I think, I think you're partially responsible for the large gross they've pulled I wasn't, so far. Yes, I am contributing to $15 million of the $300 million. No, I didn't plan to see it three times. It just sort of worked out that way, and that uh, our office actually closed down for the afternoon to go see it together. Uh, our boss closed the office, and, and the company took us all out to, to Avengers Age of Ultron. Jeez. It's uh, fun being in the movie business sometimes. Um, <laughs> was it your th- first time or your third time? This was the first time. Okay. So that was always planned. Now, right around that time, my sister had said, uh, you, and basically invited me to go with her and my nephew to go see it. And I don't get to see her all that much. I was like, yeah, sure. And so, you know, I was like, you know, I didn't necessarily want to see it two times, but okay. And then I realized that I had to take my other nephew, Alex, to see it. I promised him I'd take him to him. So I realized that before I'd even seen one frame of this film, I was committed to seeing it three times. <laughs> so I was going in just praying I didn't hate it. Because, Thank goodness it's not uh, Thor 2. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I actually am not as big a fan of the first Avengers film as everybody else. I actually thought the huh. first hour of Avengers is a real slog. And I've tried to watch it on Netflix since, and I still find it a slog. I just, to me, it's just like set up, set up, set up. And it's just, to me, it's really boring. And I remember watching it in the theater and I was like, is this going to get better? Cause like, boy. And then it really does. Like to me, the second hour, it really clicks into gear. And I feel like all of the Joss Whedon stuff, the kind of like spice that he peppers in with via his characterization came through even during the battle sequences. So the first half of Avengers, not a big fan. The second half, I liked a lot better. So I went into this film sort of skeptical, but I actually liked Avengers of Age of Ultron more than I liked the other film. I liked yes. it. I liked it from beginning to end. Um, yeah, there are some, you know, character flaws with it in that it's like, you know, Ultron is the, spoiler alert, the creation of Tony Stark. <laughs> and, like, that's supposed to be sort of like this big, you know, big emotional thing. And it really doesn't ever resonate tony and and uh, ultron never even have any real scenes together other than one brief inch so there's none of that so there there is a lot of there are some flaws to it because you're so relentlessly being set up for other things i mean they cram in not only of course all the regular avengers but you've got quicksilver you've got scarlet witch ultron plus they start setting up black panther uh, they introduce a guy who's going to be the villain to Black Panther in there too. Plus, you've got uh, Hawkeye's girlfriend or wife in the wife. thing. A uh, wife, right? Uh, vi- the whole Vision thing. And then the Vision, and on top of it, the Vision. I mean, uh, you know, it's you know, it's it's overstuffed. But um, having seen it three times, um, <laughs> I really did enjoy it. I, I thought that uh, the stuff that Whedon brings to it was there from the beginning. The scene of them trying to lift Cap uh, Thor's hammer is priceless. It's hysterical. I mean, just the idea that Cap gets to budget a little. In Helmsley's look on his face. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just that, that just they're like, brilliant. what the hell? Um, that is really good. I think Mark Ruffalo is great as the Hulk. I mean, everybody liked him as the Hulk, as mm-hmm. Bruce Banner. Um, his whole line about, you know, when 
when Tony Stark says, is that all you do? You just, you know, they, what is it like they, you know, you people show you their teeth and you just roll over. And he's like, yeah, well I do when I create a murder bot, you know, like, I love referring to Ultron <laughs> as a murder bot. Um, I think the Avengers age of Ultron is a lot better than it really has any right to be considering how much pressure must have been on Whedon. And he himself has been sort of open about it because he's not coming back. Right. Uh, he's talking, you know, and he said, so I, I, it's two and a half hours. It feels like it's two and a half hours, but, mm, um, true. uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit and I would actually be willing to sit through a longer version, supposedly the Whedon cut that's coming. That's has more characterization stuff. I would actually oh. be willing to watch that because the, the, the character stuff I thought was the best. And, uh, you know, I would like to see more of it. So I, I enjoyed it, and thank God I did because three times. <laughs> I'm not seeing it again other than maybe that longer cut. So what did you think of it? Well, I enjoyed it. I've only seen it the one time. And uh, it was it, it felt like an absolute roller coaster. Just, you know, ups and downs, meaning just like you, you catch your breath and then more action. You catch your breath and more action. I mean, it was it was a total blast. I loved it. Uh, and I don't think I can – I don't think I can be critical enough of it. Like – I, I'm, I, something doesn't sit right inside of me, and I can't figure out what it is. There's certain little uh, niggles in the back of my mind. Like I really, you mentioned Tony. I actually don't feel like Tony got any emotional moments in the whole film, other than that dream sequence he has right, in the beginning. Right, right. I mean, that's it. He's just there for one-liners, and it's like, wow, that's you know, it's kind of a waste of talent with Robert Downey Jr. because he's more than just the one. I mean, he's a master at one-liners, but he's there's more to him than that. You've seen in the other movies, so I felt like that was a little disappointing. And, um, but I mean, it's again, I, I have a hard time quantifying all of it. There's certain things I loved. I loved what happened with Hawkeye. I love the way they developed Hawkeye, and I totally hook, line, and sinker. Totally fell for it. The minute they introduced his wife, I actually started getting teared up. I'm like, damn it, they are going to kill him. You know, right, right, right. Because uh, the, the rumors had been that Hawkeye was going to die, and and that's the way you set it up. You make you make somebody care about the character, and then you kill him. Um, and then you know, I do like the fact that since we have a Quicksilver in the X Men franchise, we have a Quicksilver in the Avengers franchise. One of them had to go. So, <laughs> um, my favorite moment of the movie where I actually audibly went yes was when they opened the door and you see the new Avengers. Oh yeah. That was incredibly exciting for me. I, I just I always love new beginnings. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why. I just you know when people reinvent themselves and stuff like that. And I love the Falcon. I think Falcon is totally badass. I love the idea of War Machine. I don't feel like he's been played out as well as he could yet. I think that's I think that's coming. You know, and so I was very excited to see the team they had built there. That's that's cool. And um, gosh, what else? Oh, geez. Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned about that. Like Iron Man was a little wasted, and I, I agree with you. I think that, that Robert Downey Jr. for how big of a star he is, didn't doesn't not get a whole lot to do really. And one of the things I am excited about is that I don't I don't know whether uh, I know that he's going to be in Captain America: Civil War, but well, I don't yeah. I don't know if Iron Man's going to be in Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet or whatever they're calling it. Uh, I, I guess he is, but I don't know that. I actually would prefer to see a third Avengers film with this new group. Like, I don't need to see Iron Man and Thor yeah. in, in any future event. That's the thing with Thor. I like Hemsworth as Thor, but I feel like they don't know what to do with him in these movies because he is so powerful right. that they just have to constantly, to me, like, I mean, in the opening scene, all he's doing is just hitting guys. And you're mm-hmm. like, come on. He could pretty much level everybody with that hammer. But he yeah. doesn't because they just well, – and then, then the fight's over. Right. So I, I feel like he's always sort of like uh, reduced down in his power because he could just solve everything. Uh, so I would be perfectly happy to see a, an Avenger – a Captain America-led team of Falcon, Vision, Scarlet Witch, and War Machine. I, to me, like I want to see that movie. You know, well, and I, I, I love that final scene that you don't get to hear what Cap said. I love that that little cliffhanger. Avengers ending, Assemble? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I – I mean, I don't uh, – based on the stuff I've seen about Civil War, I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see that Avengers team. Right. Because um, most of those cast are in Civil War. Everyone. Everyone yeah. is in Captain America Civil War. And you know, the way I'm hearing it – and this is just complete rumor mill and hell, I could probably listen to the wrong rumors – was I thought that Cap 3 is Chris Evans' last movie and I thought it's Tony's and uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s last movie. Well, he's, well, no. I mean, well, we know for a fact that Evans is in Avengers: Infinity War. He is. Yes, because he's going to be. He's talking about that. He's going to be shooting for nine months straight oh. with the Russo brothers. Right after Civil War, they're going right into Avengers: 
parts three and four. Okay, and so. then he's done, right? Because I mean, he's retiring from acting. That's what he said. That's the other thing I wanted to mention was my main takeaway from all of these Marvel movies, which is like I don't know how many I've seen at this point. Like ten, ten or twelve. I mean, you, I've you seen. Talk, you talk. I'll add. I've seen three. Well, we've seen three in Iron Man's. Three Iron Man. Two, two Thors. Two Thors. Two Caps. Two Caps. One Hulk. One Hulk. Two I mean, Avengers. I know, there's, I know there's two Hulk movies, folks, but there's only one in the cinematic right, universe. Right. Two Avengers. Um, two Avengers. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, of course. That's eleven. That's my favorite one. I can't believe I forgot. We're forgetting that one. something. I think we're forgetting something. Yeah, something. Anyway, uh, my my main takeaway is I think, and this is something Chris Franklin has mentioned over on his show, Supermates Podcast, is that Chris Evans to me is by far the best casting in this movie in terms of what he's done with the role. I mean, I love him as Captain America, and I I wish that he had more to do, and I wish that they could do a Cap movie. Of just Cap and like not a movie where he his storyline is meant to propel fifteen other storylines. Like I would love to see just a Cap on a mission movie. Well, because I think he is what, so good in these in these. That's what Winter Soldier was. But you were yeah, but they still worked in Black Widow, and then and the whole thing was the destruction of Shield to move that forward. I just mean like literally, Cap goes on a separate adventure that is not connected to the to any of the Marvel storylines. I call bullcrap. Like it, the whole destruction of <laughs> Shield thing. Sure, that may have helped the TV show go, you know, whatever. But it doesn't affect the movies. I mean, just because Nick was on the lamb this time. He could have just as easily been in a helicarrier. Didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the I, shield yeah. being gone had no impact on this movie whatsoever. And I think that was all Cap's story. I mean, sure, you had the Winter Soldier stuff, but that's part of Cap's story. Yeah. Black Widow wasn't there to move the Avengers story there. She was to move Cap's story forward. I'm, yeah. I'm good with that movie. All right. No, I mean, I am too. I, th- I really enjoyed, enjoyed that movie. In fact, the Cap movies are my favorite of all the Marvel ones. Like, I like Cap mm-hmm. 2 more than I liked Iron Man 2 or Thor 2 and whatever. I just I mean, I would like to see more Evans. I, I just think he is so good in this part. And he has that kind of like – Again, this is something Chris Franklin said where he compared him to Christopher Reeve as Superman. He has a kind of like perfect squareness hmm. that really sells it, and I completely agree with that. I think there's just there's, – he gives these line readings. That, that scene at the end where he looks at the, uh, the base and he's like, I'm home. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, I just got like a little caught up. Like I, I can't think of any of these Marvel movies except for Guardians of the Galaxy where I actually felt anything. I enjoy them. I enjoy them as thrill rides, and I enjoy them as the comic books that I grew up with, grew up on, have come to life, which is exciting. But I don't feel anything. I don't really feel any sort of great emotional weight one way or the other, except when he – there's something about the way he delivers his lines that I get more in, emotionally invested. And so I'm just saying I want to see more Cap. Uh, I, I – you know, solo movies, and I have heard, yeah, that he wants to pack it in. After he's done with these these Avengers movies, and that's that's sad because you know I think he is I think they well, really found something amazing in him. I, I agree completely, and I, and I actually I I have more respect for him because of the fact he doesn't want to pack it in in the Avengers franchise. He wants to pack it in for acting. Yeah, right. Not just right. He wants right, to which just, is not, just yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, and you're right. It's funny. Like I I haven't seen many interviews with Chris Evans, but he is Cap to me now. Like, if I were to see him in an interview, like, being very 21st century, I'd, like, have a hard time with that, I think. Because he has done such a great job in that role. You and Chris are both absolutely dead on right about that. Yeah. And I mean, comparing him to Christopher Reeves is really, really clever. That's that's a good play. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's something about he just embodies that role. And I think it was Chris that had said that getting Cap right cast-wise was as important as getting Superman right. And I think that's, I think that's really correct. And, and, you know, I will admit, when I first heard that they cast Chris Evans, I was like, really? Johnny Storm? Exactly, yeah. Really? And, but, but that was blaming him for those crappy movies, and that was not his fault. And I thought he was perfectly fine as Johnny Storm. I just didn't see him in, in, as the leader of the Avengers. And now that mm-hmm. I've seen him, I'm like, no, I totally totally get it i i would just said i don't see them ever doing a solo avengers film with that group because i just don't think they have enough heavy hitters in terms of the cast but i would see it i would absolutely mm-hmm. be, be down for that of them you know of, of a cap led caps kooky quartet kind of thing <laughs> uh and you know, the other thing is i really i was impressed with how much they worked in the vision i i knew the vision was coming in this film but i thought he'd be like at the end like at the very end they'd be like oh by the way we created the vision but he actually got a lot to do. And his final scene with Ultron, where he immolates Ultron off camera, yeah. 
I thought was really effective. So uh, yeah, I, I, I it's I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, and and you know it hasn't worn on me despite I've now spent two, four, six, seven and a half hours with the event. <laughs> well, if you want to uh, if you want to hear somebody rip this movie a new bunghole, listen to the Marvel Superheroes podcast where Frank and his gang just. I mean, I think they like the movie. It's hard to tell based on if you listen to their show. <laughs> but they just scene after scene after scene keep ripping it apart. Uh, I'll have one final closing thought. Um, all of the flack Whedon and everyone have taken over Black uh, Black Widow and her role in the film and her relationship with the Hulk and the stuff the other guys said. Screw all y'all. You know what? She is fine with what Whedon did with the film. I think Black Widow had an incredibly big part in the movie. I don't think she was marginalized at all. I think her relationship with the Hulk was interesting. Um, I don't think she's being slut-shamed and all this crap and being whored around. No. I think she had a really strong role in the film, and I'm, I'm just tired of hearing people go after them. Just because, you know what, there's one female lead in the film, and they're, everybody's hanging everything on her. I mean, she's got to be every, everything to everybody. And it's unfair, and I think she's great, and I'm fine with it. So, Meh. That's my political statement for the day. All right. <laughs> this, was in, this, this statement was endorsed by Shag Matthews. So. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, speaking of strong female characters, we're going to talk now about the, the six-minute-long <laughs> preview we've, we've gotten for Supergirl. They call it. I think, I think they call it Supergirl First Look uh, for coming out on CBS this, this fall, I believe. Yep. And um, I wasn't like I, I, you know, I was kind of excited because it's part of the the DC universe and you know, TV universe and all. Even though it's on CBS, I'm like, okay, I'm like, oh, this this should be cute, whatever. And I actually didn't watch the trailer until it had been out for a day or so. Actually, I, it wasn't one of these immediate watch things. I was like, oh yeah, I meant to watch that. All right, I get around to it. I watched it, dude. I have watched it four times now, and one twice by myself, once with my st- uh, stepson, my fifteen year old stepson, and once with my nine year old daughter. Um, I don't care what people think. I have cried all four times. (laughs) I have cried in sadness at the beginning as she is leaving her parents on Argo. And then I have cried with joy and excitement with the triumph of her by the end. All four times. That is incredible. That, and I realize it's all just pulled from the trailer. I'm sorry, from the pilot. So I'm probably getting more excited than I should. But that six minutes... It tells me that this show has the potential to be even like the best of all the DC shows right now. It has the potential to be that. Um, before we started recording, I, I mentioned to Rob that the the pilot to Lois and Clark was also very, very good. <laughs> and then it kind of went downhill from there. Sorry, Michael Bailey. But um, so hopefully this show won't go downhill. But man, it looks good. Yeah, I thought I yeah, I, I thought it looked really good, really great. I mean, I did not understand. I, you know, I really am getting kind of, <laughs> kind of like the whole you said screw y'all thing. Uh, except I don't say y'all, but I, I really am getting tired of this instant like hate of everything. Like comic book fans have never had it this good, ever. True. And True. all we look to do is complain about stuff, and it's like, you know, I mean the com- like the complaining about oh it's all the relationshipy stuff on Supergirl, and you're like. Like half the show, half the Flash is relationshipy stuff. Yep, so, Arrow too. Like so, what is like w- because she's a girl character, she doesn't get to do relationshipy stuff. I mean, yeah, they were hitting it a little hard on the first half that it was very Devil Wears Prada, uh, which to me that's that's what the Calista Flockhart rehearsed for the role. She was like, I just ran Devil Wears Prada, and there I'm done. <laughs> but it's like you see her see like I actually saw somebody, I literally saw somebody on Facebook complaining. About the scene of Kara saving the plane. They're going, oh, Superman saved the plane and Superman returns. Can't they think of something new? Like, ah! Uh, I, as far as I understand of the Superman ethos, he saves things. And, like, well, what, like... John Burns' Man of Steel. Superman is revealed to the world by saving the, the shuttle just, glider I, thing. I, I just, like, I just sat there dumbfounded that people found so many ways to crap on this thing and I'm like this looks and especially when how much crap DC is taking for how dark they're going with the movies (laughs) exactly and then here's the complete opposite of that and it's like oh they look stupid like what do you people want like you know like what 
I yeah, I am super I, I, I excited. I do have a good friend who, who said he he thinks it looks like crap because it looks all bubble bubble gum and soda pop. And I'm like, you're freaking wrong, oh, dude. Oh my god, what did your daughter think? She must have eaten it up with a spoon. She the smile kept getting bigger on her face, and halfway through it, she says, "Daddy, I want to watch this." <laughs> yeah. And and then when it got over, she when, when it got over, she goes, "Daddy, when 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 can we watch it?" And I was like, oh, honey, it doesn't come out till this fall. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I was like, it doesn't come out till this fall. She's like, and then she goes, I don't know exactly what she says. Something to the effect of like, oh, I'm going to watch it before then. I have ways. And I'm like, what was that? My daughter, internet pirate. Right. So I'm like, honey, can you show me how the way to Pirate Bay? Um, anyway, so it's, uh, she's very excited. My stepson, he was like, interesting. You know, trying to be all mysterious. I'm like, what do you think? You know, and then I said, I said, I think it has the potential to be better than the other shows. He's like, I think you're right. I mean, it, wow, it's so good. And, uh, you, and it, you mentioned that you mentioned the happy light stuff. And I wanted to mention, folks, if you haven't seen this yet, I don't think we've talked about it here on the show. Go out to YouTube and uh, search for Superman. Uh, no, search for Man of Steel colorized. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And watch it. It's like a three minute video or something, and it shows you the the movie Man of Steel with. Um, uh, Henry Cavill, a Superman, and they show scenes from the film. They put it in a lab, in what they call the lab, and they basically undid the dark filters that are on the movie. Like if you ever watch the movie, it's fairly dark, and it turns out that's just a filter. And they sort of undo the filter so you can see what the mo- movie. And they sort of simulate what the raw footage would have looked like before it got the dark filter. And oh my gosh, he looks like Superman. It, it, looked, it does make a big difference. The scenes where he's smiling and flying, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wanted to see that movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, doesn't fix the plot. But anyway, um, now I'm going to get hate mail for that one. But, but it, it, it reinforces how tired I am of the dark, dark, darkity, dark, dark, you know, DC movie cinema. I, you know what? When you, if you're wearing the blue and the red and you've got the S-shield on your chest, your colors should be bright. You should enjoy what you're doing. And you should be doing heroic things. And that is what she is doing in all of these trailers. You know, every scene, I mean. And I loved it. Now, did you see the second trailer that they released today? Well, what? They released the second Supergirl trailer. Well, I've seen a six-minute one. Okay, no, they released another one that's like three minutes. Well, and what? And it's, it's, it's almost all action. And you <gasps> see her using her heat vision. <gasps> you see her punching a guy uh, no, who's, who's got like super strength or something. Because he's he's punching her and he's actually oh. landing blows, oh, so yeah. This, no. Which which was so funny to me because and this 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 harkens back to your comment about the Avengers, right? Because right after Avengers two came out, right, Joss Whedon left Twitter. He left. Yeah. That was the big right. stink, right? He left Twitter, and then this rumor got started that the reason he left Twitter was because a bunch of like angry feminists, right. You hounded him off Twitter, right? So one of the message, one of the the Facebook groups that I belong to, they, that was all a bunch of guys needed to just start dropping the nastiest misogynist words. Mm. Uh, you know, a bunch of you know, guess what words were used? You know, humorless feminazi lesbian dykes who kick Joss Whedon. Blah, 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 right? They just were all, and then literally twenty four hours later, Joss Whedon came out and said, "No, that's not what happened." That's, no, right. not, so it was like, oh, okay, idiots. Uh, well, n- now that now that you've had the chance to, you know, you couldn't wait to blame things on women. So to me, it was felt like the Supergirl thing was the same thing, where it was like the criticism of Supergirl was like, oh, it's so silly, so silly, and then literally the next day they're like, oh, here's another trailer where she's just kicking ass for three minutes. That's awesome. You know, I yeah, that. I am, I am so jazzed, and it's really funny that they're putting this up against Gotham. It's going to air the same day and same time. So it's oh the, no, the really? Battle of the Dark versus the Light. That's not smart at all. I mean, I can't believe DC. I can't believe Warner Brothers doesn't have a say in that. Yeah, I don't to go, know. guys. No, we can't wait. Hold on, what network's Gotham on? Fox. 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 Why in the hell would Warner Brothers even allow that to happen? I don't think Warner Brothers has a lot of say in it. It's, it's, uh, they uh, they don't dude. they don't own either network so. Uh well actually they own they do to some extent they're they're part well at least the CBS part of it is CBS and Fox wait I'm trying to remember all this 
CBS and CW have like a parent company that I think owns both of them. Like maybe it's Viacom or something like that. Maybe something like that. But they I'm not don't... getting my, I'm not getting all my details right. It's all corporate, you know, conspiracy crap. But I'm pretty sure they're connected. CBS and 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 CW are are connected to some extent. But either way, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea at all. But maybe maybe they have a plan to move Gotham for the fall then or something. Well, I just think it's it's somewhat appealing to two different audiences. I know it's all comic books. But Superman and Batman, really? Well, That's two different audiences. No, I but I think I think Supergirl. The main audience is going to be your daughter. And does well, your daughter watch Gotham? No, thankfully. Well, so. then there you yeah. go. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm I'm the target audience. For, Plus, there's a thing Supergirl called a, there's a thing called film. a DVR where you can just That's record true. things and Hulu and whatever. That's so true. That's yeah. true. We don't live I, in that uh, world anymore. I can't wait for the crossover where the Adam crosses over and meets uh, Supergirl's adoptive father. That should be fun. <laughs> uh, think that went through, folks. You'll get yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, so we're both super excited. No pun intended. I, I, was, I, I was much more impressed than I thought I would be. I really – I mean I've only seen that actress briefly in one movie, so I don't know much – I didn't know much about her. She looked the part when, I, when, they, when they put up that you know, picture of her in the costume. I was like, okay, cool. I'll be interested in seeing how they explain where Superman is in the show. I'm sure he's still around, but he's just busy. Well, like I, maybe she's East Coast, he's West Coast, or something. Oh, yeah, because Lord knows, crossing the country is hard. Saying, to do. you know, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I wonder. You know, it would be neat if Henry Cavill like came on for the season finale or something like that. Well, That'd that's what nice. I'm saying is that if they say that Superman is on the planet, then you're gonna have to put him in there eventually. Except that their TV universe and their movie universes are right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking they're going to have to say some other reason that Superman yeah. is not around. Maybe he's in deep space. Maybe he ran off to look for Krypton like the big baby he did in Superman Returns. <laughs> so but, uh, so, I, um, so here, here's something interesting. And this, guys, don't, don't jump down my throat here and, and say I'm being mean or anything like that. But okay. When, when I saw the pictures of her in the Supergirl costume, the stills, I thought, oh, that looks fine. You know? I was like, and, and you know, what's my job on this show? To acknowledge when a young lady or, or a young woman is hot. That's my job. So I looked at her in the commercials, in the stills. I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. Yeah, okay, I can kind of see it. But she is, it's, it's seeing the trailer now. She, I've met so many people like this in real life where a photograph does not capture who they are. And like a, fo- a still photo is like, okay, that's nice. But when you see them, like in the scenes where she's standing over his shoulder and he's watching the computer and, you know, he's like, you know, something about a car chase. She's like, I can do a car chase. And then later on, you're like, are you bulletproof? I think, like, she, like, I fell in love with her, like, in a, in a sweet, not icky way. But, like, she was adorable. Absolutely adorable. And, like, I could totally see her as Supergirl in those moments when she's moving and talking and everything. The stills, but, it, so, I don't know if you've ever met anyone like that in life where the, the photo doesn't capture their essence. But when you see them talking and their eyes moving and they just light up a room. They just, they fill the whole room with their personality. And she's one of those people. I can see why she got cast. Because um, mm-hmm. she just she just fills the room with energy and happiness when she's talking, and it's just wow! I can't wait. I'm so excited for the show. Yep, yep, absolutely. Very, yeah. I'm, I'm really. I don't watch. I watch Flash irregularly. I don't watch Arrow, but I will make appointments to watch Supergirl when it comes. Oh, you know, my daughter asked me that too when we got done. Because um, I think I've told you this. Before. Whether I'm going to watch Supergirl or not? Right. She did. Will Mister Rob watch it? And I said, I don't know, honey. He can die in a fire. Um, wow. Anyway, so I. Um, we watch Flash as a family as it's going out live for a couple of reasons. One, because I don't have a DVR. And two, uh, because it's that good. And we don't watch anything as a family live. We never do. Everything we watch is either on Netflix or on demand. You know, And so we never watch anything live. This is the only show we've ever watched live, and we watch it every single week. We haven't missed one as far as I know. Uh, well, maybe one and watch it a day or two later. But either way... Um, so she asked me, she goes, Daddy, will it be like Flash? Will we air- watch it when it airs? I mean, that's how excited she mm-hmm. is about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think we will, honey. So, Yeah, so. very excited. Very <sighs> cool. Yep. So, All right. Well, we are going to take a break. Uh, we are going to run some promos featuring of uh, shows uh, by some of our friends, plus Ryan Daly. So uh, enjoy those. <laughs> and when we come back, I've, I've been saving that up all day. So uh, <laughs> when we come back, we will talk about The Flash and the Firestorm Power Hour. Uh, Firestorm and his Atomic Friends. Uh, that's better. Okay. <laughs> See you on the the other side, folks. Are you a geek looking for love? Do you long to find discussion on that special comic, TV, episode, movie, or toy that's just right for you? Then why not try Supermates? 
the Husband and Wife Geek Cast. Chris and Cindy Franklin can match you with that certain something to satisfy your genre-related longings, no matter the subject. Superheroes. But Robin's like, that was really nice of you, Batman. He's like, I had the room loaded with kryptonite. I can turn it on at any moment. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's, you're talking about, now think about this. It's an apartment building owned by Batman. Do you not think that Batman doesn't have their place booked? Sci-fi. I don't know. You talk about being a sex symbol and stuff like that. I mean, I know a lot of girls thought, you know, William Shatner was it. But I had a, the biggest crush on George Takai. I, 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 I did. I thought, you know. Sorry about that. Horror. And then when we see the Wolfman for the first time, he's in, I don't know, we don't a know. A long sleeve shirt, shirt. And a dark pair of pants. Pants with a belt. With a, with belt. a belt. That's right. <laughs> and his shirt's buttoned up all the way, too. Yeah, yeah. And his so, arms. So after he changes into this ferocious beast who can't talk and doesn't seem to be able to think beyond just attacking things, he, he has lots of dexterity. He went through his closet and... You're <laughs> <laughs> like, this outfit better. Action figures. I actually had all the figures and all the accessories up to a certain point. I really, literally did collect them all, you know. Including Shira. I was going to get to that, but... Nah. Chris and Cindy have found their own happiness through discussions like this. I could be friends with him. I could be down with this version of the ultra-humanoid. You could be friends with the dude who put his brain inside a mutated albino ape. I married you! <laughs> oh. If you're tired of searching for geek love, then sign up with Supermates for free at supermatescomic.blogspot.com or on iTunes. Coming soon, the Secret Origins Podcast, a review show dedicated to the post-crisis Secret Origins series published by DC Comics. Join me, Ryan Daly, and an all-star assembly of guests to reveal the untold origin stories of DC Comics' most legendary characters, as well as Kong Gorilla. Starting in June, the Secret Origins Podcast. making fun of Ryan Daly. That's so much fun. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's sort of like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, but whatever. So, all right, folks. So we have talked about Avengers. We've talked about Supergirl. Now it is time to talk about Firestorm, the nuclear man and co-starring the flash. Uh, it's a show on CW <laughs> on Tuesday nights. And, is that how um, it's listed in the guides? Yeah, that's, uh, that's in my TV guides. Okay. I don't know what you're getting in the mail, but, um, <laughs> so TV guides in the mail. Yeah, exactly. Podcast from 1978. All right, can I throw a quick TV Guide reference at you real quick? Totally off, off topic. Um, remember, I, I've told you, you know, I'm not getting as many DC comics as I used to. Doesn't mean I don't love DC. Doesn't mean I'm not buying back issues and direct paperbacks. I'm just not buying as many current books. And, but I still get the previews magazine. And someone asked me, why do you still get the previews magazine? And I said, remember Lost Boys? That scene from Lost Boys where he gets a TV Guide and his grandson says, Grandpa, why do you get the TV Guide if you don't have a TV? And he says, if you get the TV guide, you don't need a TV. <laughs> it's the same thing with the previews. If I get the previews, I don't need to read the comics. So, anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, so I've become the grandpa from Lost Boys, and I'm protective of my root beer, too. Uh, anyway, so this is spoilers, folks, for the episode of The Flash that aired this past week. So when you're listening to this episode, the week before was the penultimate 
uh, episode of the season of The Flash, where they face off against um, there's a lot of villains and uh, the, the reverse Flash. So if you haven't watched it yet, you should probably jump ahead about 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever, and then you can come back. But uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, go ahead and move forward now. We'll wait. We've got nothing better to do but to wait for you, Andy Cabellich. It's fine. Go, go ahead. All right, when he's done. All right, so... Um, in the episode, I mean, I'm not going to recap the whole thing, but the, the important piece for us is that Firestorm shows up in the episode. He flies in during the battle with Reverse Flash and gets, quite honestly, he, gets, he helps take out the Reverse Flash. The final blow of Flash versus Reverse Flash is Firestorm knocking Reverse Flash down and then Arrow hitting him with an arrow full of something. So uh, our boy jumped in there. So what, what did you think of Firestorm in this episode? I uh, my you know my main takeaway was I was watching the fight at the end and about two minutes into it it dawned on me I'm watching three members of the Justice League on my television now. Oh gosh, I didn't even click like, that. What a crazy world I live in that I'm now looking at. You know, and then there's a commercial for a show that features other members of the Justice League. Like it's just. I, it, it, it's just an overdose of riches. I, the Flash show still leaves me hot and lukewarm. Mm. Uh, there are some episodes where I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, to me, all the relationship stuff, I don't care. I just don't care. Every time, uh, what's her name? Irish. Iris. Iris shows up. You know, it just Aww, do that's not, not. That's not fair. I, it may not be her fault. It may just be this the way it's written or something. I just don't, you know. I, I just too completely tune out, but um, yeah, all the you know the three of them fighting together—it's just amazing. I'm like, when is when does the key show up? I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it's going to crazy quilt. Bring on crazy quilt. <laughs> something. I mean, well, I was thinking of a JLA villain. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the Shaggy Man. I mean, they're Amos Fortune. Yeah, I mean, they've got Gorilla Grodd. What's more, you know, you can't go much sillier than that. So. Yeah. Secret society of super, super villains. I, I am I am impressed, so impressed that the Flash is is so committed to its universe. I really am. Well, it, it embra- we've talked about it. It embraces the whole comic book stuff open armed. It just says, sure you know what? does. Throw me the craziest thing, I'll take it. So, um, this particular episode, it's funny. You know, you said we're we have a dearth of superhero things out there. It's never been a better time to be a comic book fan. You no, know, uh, a dearth is a lack of. So it's the opposite of it. Oh, I'm so- Oh, okay. I'm sorry. There is a wide. Um, wow, look at that. I I don't know my English language. There's a ton of superhero stuff out there, and it's never been a better time to be fans and get all the fans are whining and complaining. I'm about to do that. So, look at that. I get Firestorm. I get Fire... 30 years... You have a live-action Firestorm. Shut 30 up. years I've been waiting for a live-action Firestorm. And I'm going to gripe? Really? This guy who's got two thumbs and is, you know, a spoiled brat? This guy. That's who. Um, after, let me, let me after, pause you, though. Have you really been waiting 30 years for a live-action Firestorm? I would say no, because I would bet you would think you would never see it. Well, you, I, you have it on tape, me saying I'd never see it. Right. So you <laughs> weren't actually it, waiting... Doesn't mean I didn't want it. Okay, but I you never, never thought, thought you would ever see it. So. Right. Okay. That's a different subtle I, difference. There. I also never thought I'd see an Aquaman movie either. Uh, that too, yeah. <laughs> so I thought Waterworld. I'm like, well, that's as close as it's going to get, Waterworld. Yeah. So, uh, so okay. I, it was, I was excited that Firestorm showed up. I was excited that, you know, uh, for all those reasons. But, like, I got to – okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to convince Finish you. a sentence. All right. Well, I feel bad doing it. I really feel good. Okay. First, I don't know that he spoke a word in the whole thing. Um, ah. def- <laughs> uh, Professor Martin Stein never spoke a word. That's for sure. So usually with Firestorm, you get both, Ronnie and Professor. We didn't get any of that interaction. Um, the special effects didn't look that good this time. The fire effect has always looked amazing. Every time they've done it with Firestorm, this time it looked a little underdeveloped. Like maybe it was, you know, phase one of the fire effect and they had to lay, could do a couple more overlays over it or something. Something just didn't look right. They and do, then when it, they shows have to, shows do have to ration their budget. So they may yeah. have run out of money or been saving. Is it, wait, this is not the last episode of the season, right? The next no, one. No, it's is. next episode. Yeah. So they may have been saving it for, for next sure. week. Sure. Where they build the JLA satellite. <laughs> right. In the cave, in the same episode. <laughs> and, um, and whenever Firestorm would land on the, there was two scenes where he landed on the ground. Look to me, and again, I'm right. Like Robbie Amell, like as he landed, 
he, and he started walking, he looked sort of stiff, almost like he was still wearing the flying har- warrior harness mm. that lowered him to the ground and made him walk funny. Because, you know, he walked, he moves like a pretty cool guy, and he just looked sort of stiff there. And it just didn't look quite right to me. And, again, I'm, I'm griping, and I shouldn't, because there he was with his glow, with his <laughs> You are really eyes, looking for things his, to complain about, dude. And his hair was on fire, and he was flying, and he got to beat up the reverse flash, and it was beautiful. And, and Caitlin went, Ronnie! You know, and it just, oh, it was awesome. But I had to gripe. So good. Now that I've got that out of my system, it's very exciting to see Firestorm in the episode again. I'm so glad they brought him back. I can't wait to see what happens next episode. Now, now we're going to talk about next episode a little bit. Uh, what we know and what we don't know in our speculative. Uh, what, what we do know, and this is a spoiler, so again, if you don't want spoilers, then you need to jump forward. When we do know that there is going to be a scene, whether it's a dream scene or a real scene, I don't know, where Caitlin and Ronnie get married. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, we've seen tons of yeah. tons of photos that people have snapped on on the set of that shot being filmed. Of the, um, and Professor Stein is officiating the wedding. So again, I don't know if it's a dream sequence, like, or, or whether it really happens or not. But it's you know we know he's in the next episode. And also, when you read the description of next episode, it says guest starring Victor Garber and Robbie Amell. And then here's the other part: is every everyone is describing next episode as heartbreaking. Okay. Oh. Right, right. Now, take those elements. There's Ronnie gets Ronnie and Caitlin have a happy ending. They get married. We know the next episode is heartbreaking. We know that after the season finale, as far as we know, Robbie Amell will not appear again. You know, he is not listed oh. in the legends of, legends of the or uh, of the what is it called? Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I like to call it Firestorm and his uh, atomic friends. Um, he's not part of that show, but Victor Garber is. So. What I think this is leading to is Robbie Amell, Ronnie Raymond is probably going to die next episode. Is what I'm mm. thinking in the season finale. Which and the marriage thing, it could just be it could be that they get their happy ending and therefore he has to die because you know nobody gets a happy ending in these kind of things. Or as he's dying, that's Caitlin imagining you know what their life could have been. You know, one or the other. But I think Rob just passed out. Rob, it's going to be okay. Fan yourself. So get, get some water. Breathe into a paper bag. We may see Robbie Mel again. If not, we'll just watch reruns of The Tomorrow People. It's going to be okay. I'm watching The Duff. Thank you very much. It does look funny. It does look funny. I was kidding. I have no interest in seeing that film. I, I, I got teenagers. I don't, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> I do not. So, therefore, I won't be watching. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's where we stand on The Flash. Um, I am... I'm really looking forward to next episode because we will get to see Ronnie. We will get to see the professor doing stuff. So rather than just flying and having a quick fight, you know, it's, it was kind of weird too, that, you know, um, Firestorm and Arrow take out the reverse flash when the show's called the flash, you know, now to be fair, it it makes sense because next episode, he really will be flash versus reverse flash. So, you know I mean? It's, it's okay that the, the supporting characters took him out this time, but I do love the bit where Arrow goes, Barry, I might need you to come over to my season finale, too. <laughs> I like that bit. <laughs> they should have filmed little bumpers where they broke the fourth wall and said things like that. That would have yeah. been great. would have been great, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, I guess, you know, overall, it was a fun episode. I tell you, my favorite scene of the episode, actually, even more so than the Flash stuff, was Captain Cold betraying Barry. Dad. Yeah. Awesome. Because I'm a bad guy, and that's what <laughs> bad guys do. He's so Wentworth Miller is so badass. He is so badass. Like I want to go and like have a beer with that guy and just hang out. He's so cool. Um, I, actually, because of because of the show, and I know I know I've said this before on the air too, but um, my wife and I have started watching Prison Break because Wentworth Miller and um, the guy who plays Heatwave are brothers in Prison Break. Oh, really? Oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. That. Oh, that's so funny. Heat, yeah, Heatwave and Captain Cold in The Flash in Prison Break were brothers. They're the two stars of Prison Break. Oh, that's funny. And then, you know, in their very first or second episode together, they're in a prison van and they get broken out. Uh, it's, all, <laughs> it's, all, it's all one big universe. It's one big joke. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a big, great joke. So, um, so I've, I've really taken to these two actors. I mean, if you watch Prison Break, Oh my gosh, they're both so cool, these two guys. So uh, kind of like I, I, how uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, what's her name Olsen played husband and wife in Godzilla. Now they're brother and sister in Avengers. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Or both guys who played Quicksilver played best friends in the Kickass movie. 
hang on a second, back up a step. So you're telling me the guy and girl who played Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver yes. were husband and wife in, in Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. And then their brother and then they're playing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, Quicksilver in, Avengers, in Avengers. Which is so perfect. Because you know all the stuff about Quicksilver supposedly being in love with his sister. Yeah, he's a little too into. Yeah, he's a little yeah. he's a little handsy with his sister. In, yes, in, he is. In, so, uh, Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> so meta. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's move from the Flash season finale where we say goodbye to Robbie Amell as he's murdered in reverse Flash, pushes his heart, vibrating hand through his heart or something. I don't know what. Gorilla Grodd eats his face off. I don't know what. Either way. Um, <laughs> so that I'd watch. <laughs> for this discussion, let's assume Ronnie Raymond's dead. Then we move into a trailer that was dropped today with the CW upfronts, which made everyone's jaw just drop, because I didn't even know they filmed this thing. I didn't think they'd filmed anything from it. We got to see a trailer for Firestorm and his Atomic Friends, or as Luke Jack and Giaconetti calls it, Hot Girl and her less interesting associates. (laughs) Or as Ryan Daly has come to call it, uh, White Canary and some other dicks. (laughs) So, anyway, um, this thing was great. It look, I mean, the, the trailer is, it shows you the whole bit. If you haven't seen it, folks, well, if you're listening to the show, you probably have. But you get to see, obviously, all the heroes in action. You get a great, you get lots. Professor Stein is up front. He's got the snarky comments in the trailer. He's the snarkiest one of all, really. And uh, it, it flows really well. It looks like a lot of fun. I wasn't sure how they were going to make a team-up show work. Um, and I, I guess maybe I still don't know entirely. But watching them all in that battle together, in that, you know, generator room looked pretty cool mm-hmm. i mean i showed that one to my daughter too and she's like daddy what's white canary's power i'm like just kicking butt and i mean she, she is that actress is doing an awesome job you know whether that was her stunt double or her i don't know but man the way she moved and fought with that staff and everything now what, she looked cool who is white canary i don't know what that is what, okay. why was black canary dead yes Okay. So the, but wasn't the it played happened, by the same actress? This, Kate, this is all Katie spoilers. Lots, right? This is all spoiler for uh, Arrow, folks. So sorry if you don't know. Okay. And I may get some of this wrong because you know how much of a dedicated viewer of Arrow I am. But um, Katie Hotz was. Lots. What? A, yeah, that, that her too. Both of them. She played uh, Sarah Lance, brother or sister to Dino Lance. Okay. Right. And she or Laurel Lance, whatever her name is, and uh, she died supposedly on a boat. But she didn't die. Right, right. And, and the, the, that's the arrow opening sequences. Right. Whole thing, and she right. comes she joins the show later in the season as Black Canary. Okay. Right. And she's running around. And then she dies at the end of season two, I think it was. Okay? So she's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Okay. Her sister, the lawyer one, and I don't remember the name's Dinah or Laurel. I really can't remember. I think it's Laurel. Anyway, the the, the sister the one who's been in it since the beginning, the former love interest of, of him, becomes the new Black Canary. And she's the one that was in the Flash episode a couple weeks ago. Okay. So she becomes the new Black Canary, sort of to honor her sister and all this stuff. And so she's running as Black Canary. Well, apparently, the first Black Canary who died gets brought back to life in a Lazarus pit. Oh. And she's oh. going to be, she's calling herself the White Canary, which oh. is a thing. There, there was a White Canary in, I want to say... One of the Birds of Prey runs, I don't think it was Gail Simone's, I think it was maybe Tony Bedard's run or somebody, and it may have even been Lady Shiva who became the White Canary. Or was wow, she the, I have no knowledge of this at all. Was she the Jade Canary? Mm, I don't remember. It gets kind of blurry. But there was a White Canary for a little while, and um, yeah, I wasn't reading it, so I don't know the details of it. But So now you have the two sisters. One's a Black Canary, one's a White Canary. Huh. So the white Canary's on the team, so... Okay, good to know. And then you've got, and then of course you've got the Adam, you know, Iron Man, who can shrink, and um, Superman, yeah, or Superman. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, then you've got uh, what else? Professor Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl. Well, yeah, I was, okay. Hawk Girl. You're saving up for Hawk Girl. Okay, sorry. She's got the wings and the and apparently the talon feet. The whole thing looks pretty cool. I'm wondering if those wings grow out of her back or there's something she puts on. It'll be nice to see. We get uh, Captain Cold, who's on the team. Apparently, Heatwave's on the team, too, and he's on the poster, but he wasn't on the um, – oh, he was in the trailer, but he wasn't on the rooftop. That's no, right. right. He wasn't on the rooftop, but he's in the trailer. Uh, I, see, I, I can't use my internet right now because it'll slow down Skype, so I don't have all the names in front of me. We have uh, Rip Hunter, the time traveler, obviously, and uh, Time Master being played by Rory. So it's kind of funny that Rory from Doctor Who is playing a time traveler. Then I think that's – and then Martin Stein, as I said, and Adam and – White Canary and Hawk Girl and I don't know. We're 
probably forget. We're forgetting somebody. We're gonna go. Durr. Oh well. But um, now in the in the trailer though, you see Firestorm. Correct. And now, is that just recycled going. footage, or is that somebody new as Firestorm? Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. That is, that's what I've been building up to here. Since this is a show about Firestorm, I figured that's where most of this discussion is going to land. Okay. So let's assume that Ronnie Raymond's dead from the season premiere, or season finale of Flash that we said. And Professor Stein, in the trailer, even says, I'm half of a hero. Half a hero. Right, right, right. Who's combustible. But then you're right. We see Firestorm flying around. Now, you're right. Some of that footage is recycled. Some of that, and, and some of that footage is from the Flash show, and everyone has recycled footage in there from Flash and Arrow at different points. But there's also a lot of new footage, and some of the new footage does, in fact, include a new fire. Does include Firestorm flying around and doing stuff, and um, those effects also look a little unfinished to me. Uh, but what we're seeing is su- every shot is a distance shot from far away, and you cannot see the face. Right, right. So it could be anybody. I don't think it's Victor Garber. I don't think they're making him Firestorm. Um, it could be uh, – there, they've cast another actor who's playing Jay Jackson, I think is his name. This is oh, character. right, 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 yeah. And it could be that he's going to be sort of the Jason Rush villain, and he's going to be the other half of Firestorm because we don't know what his powers are going to be yet. And it could be that that's whose Firestorm's going to be he, – because he's not in the trailer at all. We don't see the Jay Jackson character at all. So we don't know where that's going. So, we, you know, it could be any, anything is where – but it, it's probably safe to assume it's not Robbie Amell. Or if it is Robbie Amell, what they're doing is they're CGIing Robbie Amell's face. Mm-hmm. Um, like here, here's another theory I had. Okay, let's say they don't kill Firestorm. Let's say they don't kill Ronnie Raymond in this Flash season finale. Okay, for whatever reason they don't, and he makes it into this first episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Well, what they could do there is they could kill Ronnie Raymond there. And the way they could do it is they just CGI Robbie Amell's face in all the Firestorm scenes, and then Firestorm gets hurt really bad, and they split, and Ronnie dies. And you just do it without ever having to show Robbie Amell on screen. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense to have both Heat Wave and Firestorm on the same team, at least this version of Firestorm. Because hmm. do you really need two firepowered guys? Not really. It's not usually how that works on teams. You don't usually have two people with the same powers. You know, sure, Firestorm's got flight on top of it, but it's not, other than that, he's not that different from you. So it strikes to me, like, it, like my gut tells me that Firestorm's going to be in the pilot, but after that, we're mostly going to see Professor Stein. Okay, interesting. Or maybe Ronnie has to move away. Maybe that's it. Maybe Ronnie doesn't die in the Flash season finale, and he shows up for Legends of Tomorrow, but again, we never see Robbie Amell. We just see Firestorm running around, and maybe he lives on the other side of the country, so him and the professor can't get together very often. And that way they leave it open where Firestorm can show up when they need it, but he's not in every episode. I don't know. Could be any combination of those things. You are big on separating the heroes by coastal. It was your same plot for Superman and Supergirl. We, you know, these people can well, fly, Shag. I mean, it's well, really not that hard. Hold on. With Robbie, with, with they've demonstrated in this show, Robbie Amell and Professor Stein have to touch, though, to form Firestorm. <laughs> so if they live on separate coasts, they would have to fly in an airplane to get together to do this. Well, they can get Hulk Girl to pick her up, pick him up, and carry him. I guess so. Yes, they could. <laughs> so um, it looks exciting. I, I got to tell you, though, between the two, I'm probably more excited about Supergirl than Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's a, it's And again, it's like. It's even like it's taking the love of the DCU that the Flash has, and then just tripling down, or quadrupling <laughs> down. I mean, for God's sake, we get Captain Hawk Girl, Hawk Girl. Right. I mean, good lord. So yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously these shows are, are must be big hits because I mean they're just replicating like bunnies, you know. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Um, I that's the big thing I forgot to mention about Supergirl. Okay. And I mentioned this before too, so but either follow the logic. Um, you compare Flash and Constantine, or Constantine, however you want to say it. Flash is CW's like biggest hit ever, runaway hit, more viewers than any show CW has ever run. It is the it's a huge success for them. Every time they get a chance to show a commercial for Flash on CW, they do it, right? Constantine on NBC was a failure. Got put on hiatus and then canceled, right? Right. Constantine got more viewers than Flash. Right. Because it's NBC, a much bigger network. Right. And yet it was a failure. So what scares me about Supergirl is she's on CBS. Could she get more viewers than Flash and still fail? 
because CW well, because CBS looks at it and goes, "Sorry, you're not getting as many you know viewers as ugh, ugh, Big Bang Theory." Sure, sure, that did happen. But I mean, part of the thing with Constantine, I mean, I only saw the pilot, so I can't speak to how good the show was past that. But I mean, the the network really screwed that show over by its time slot. I mean, I think they helped doom it right from the get-go, and they're not doing that with Supergirl. They're giving Supergirl a good, you know, eight o'clock, which is a good time slot for the intended audience, which is younger viewers, younger girls specifically. But putting up against Gotham isn't that sort of like kind of a flipping a bird, saying, "Okay, people who like comics, you're gonna have to choose." That's such a tiny audience. I, I don't think that they give a shit about the comic reading audience. Well, I I really say, I'm sorry. So. I shouldn't say comic reading audience. I should say people that care about superheroes. Which is a bigger audience. It is a bigger audience, but I still think that's a. T- I still think it's a Tony. I really think that 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 there's not as much overlap as you might think. I think that they're gonna. I think the demographics show that Supergirl is going to be popular with kids, young girls like your daughter's age and older, and Gotham is not. And it's I. Just, you know, I mean, yeah, there's some overlap, but I think it's so tiny that it's not going to make a huge difference. Well, I really hope Supergirl doesn't get canceled. For being plus, a flash. Plus, Supergirl is just so much more of a name brand. Nobody, sure. nobody knows what Constantine. You know what is the, what is that? I mean, we know what it is. That, but that movie with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, is that awful movie with Keanu Reeves. I mean, no, my wife likes that movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I think Supergirl just comes with such a brand identity. I, I, I'm getting a feeling that Supergirl will be one of those that's just going to be a hit right from the get go. I just, I, I think. Teenage girls and young girls are just going to just go crazy for this. And the fact that it's hitting before the Wonder Woman movie, I think it's like a perfect time. I think they're dying for it. I mean, people want to see a Black Widow movie, and Marvel's like, nope, we're not giving it to you. So DC's getting there first. Maybe on the small screen, but they're getting there first. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, folks, I think that's going to wrap it up for this. Um, Yeah. It's... (laughs) Incredible time to be a geek. Oh my gosh. It is. It's just it's it's beyond anything any of us could ever expect it. And it's it, and it's funny was the fact that like uh Chris Franklin has again I'm mentioning him, he's sort of like cornering the market on being the guy you come to to do podcast analyses of those awful seventies live action shows. Okay. Because he just did an episode of Supermates all about the Wonder Woman pilot with Kathy Lee Crosby. Right, right. And then he guessed it on Gene Hendrix's show. Talking about those even worse Red Brown Captain America TV specials. Be careful. You're going to get hate mail for that. Why? Saying that. What? Some people love it. Those people are wrong. They're terrible. Those things are terrible. They're, they're, They're objectively terrible. Red Brown. People think Harrison Ford is wooden? My God. Red Brown, you actually get splinters from watching these shows. But like... It, it, but it reveals that, like, back when you were a kid and you loved superheroes, that was all you had. Oh, yeah. was like, again, I guess I have to watch Wonder Woman as a blonde versus Mr. Rourke. And there's, like, a guy and, what, like... Did that Did that ever even air, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that oh, aired. It did? Yeah, the Catholic Crosby one, sure. Oh, I didn't know it aired. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. knew it was uh, the pilot thing picked you up. You know, you have to watch Doctor Strange with a big fro. I mean, you have to watch it because that's that's all there was. And now... There's so much that you can pick and choose. <laughs> you can just be like, which show do I want to watch? The Supergirl show or the pre-sequel, the prequel Batman show? Or do I want to watch the Firestorm show that he's on Flash? Or do I want to watch Firestorm on the other show that he's on? <laughs> like, or do I want to watch Constantine uh, on DVD? Shield. Or do I want to watch Shield? Or do I want to watch Preacher on AMC? I mean, it's like... That's right. Yeah, you know what? I hope I have time to watch all these TV shows because, of course, I have to go see Batman v Superman, like, or it, Captain America: Civil War. <laughs> there, there is too much. I would think. I mean, certainly some people can probably do it all, but between Gotham, Flash, Arrow, now Supergirl, now Legends of Tomorrow, Goth, did I say Gotham already? I don't even know. No, you didn't say Gotham. Shield. Uh, you know, it, there's there's too much to watch. Yeah. You know, but. It's God, what a great time. What a great time. So, all right, folks. Well, thank you for listening to the fire and water podcast. Um, Rob, why don't you tell the folks, uh, where they can find our Tumblr and where they can uh, email us. Fire and water podcast at tumblr.com fire water podcast at comcast.net. Yep. You can find, um, 
I was going to say friend, but this guy Rob over there. You can find him at AquamanShrine.net. You can also find him on the social medias, on Facebook and the Twitters as uh, Aquaman Shrine or The Aquaman Shrine. Which one is it? I think it's The Aquaman Shrine. Just type Aquaman Shrine. You'll find it. Because there's so many of them. Uh, there's, yeah. a dir- there's a dearth of Aquaman shrines. Anyway, uh, you can find <laughs> me at firestormfan.com. You can also find me on the social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and Tumblr. I think you just said Instagram. <laughs> Instagram? What? It sounded like you said Instagram. <laughs> well, you know, you're in, when you're in a hurry, you got to get it all out there. It's a whole different site. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> We're stopping that now. Yeah. It's uh... <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much. Uh, fan the flame. Ride the wave. Turn on your TV. Bye. Bye. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! Oh, to be a superhero, you need a crime. There's a car chase on the 112 freeway. I could do a car chase. Yeah!